uh, and we've already asked the Lord to, and Lord, we pray that you bless our time in the word and speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> okay, so um, Luke 18, uh, so we finished uh, Luke 17 uh, last time we were together. And uh, the Lord is uh, ended with uh, speaking of the coming kingdom, and we talked about the ten lepers cleansed, one came back. Uh, and so when we get into this, it's uh, the Lord is speaking a parable, uh, and uh, there's a lot to learn. Um, Luke 18, we could spend a lot of time. I have ten pages of notes, <laughs> and usually when I teach, I'll have like six. Um, so I, uh, I don't know if the Lord's going to carry me through all the way through, uh, 18, but we will, we will not fast forward through anything, uh, and miss anything. But if we're getting close, then I'll either speed up or I'll slow down and we'll pick it up next week if we need to. Uh, so, uh, let's, let's just get right into it. Luke chapter 18, verse one says, then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Now we could spend an hour on that verse, uh, and uh, you know, I'm just going to summarize it. And uh, but uh, there, there's there's a lot there. And when it says that Jesus taught them that we ought to pray and not lose heart, I just wrote a question: Why? <laughs> and it's because we're prone to lose heart and stop praying. You know, the the Lord knows our hearts, and He knows our our um, our, our human emotions. And uh, this is a lesson that they needed to know. And He's faithful to make sure that we can read and understand also. So the Lord is uh, going to present this, and, and uh, as we walk through here, we're going to see uh, a few things. But uh, before we get into verse 2, you know, there are, um, there are circumstances that can swallow us, and we can lose, as we lose sight of Jesus. I know I mentioned it last week, but just like Peter lost sight of Jesus, as soon as we take our eyes off of him and we focus on the, the commotion, the craziness around us, then we can lose heart and stop praying and just start screaming and, you know, just getting anxious and uh, letting uh, those things take over when the Lord doesn't want those things to take over in our hearts and in our lives, um, but for us to trust in him. So we're called the persistent prayer. And uh, it's very important. I'm going to just share a few examples of people that were persistent in their prayers. Um, Luke, we don't have to turn there if you don't want to. I'm just giving you the references in case you're note takers. But Luke chapter 1, verse 13, the angel uh, Gabriel told Zacharias to not be afraid. His prayer has been heard. Zacharias was an old man. And he was a priest, and uh, his wife Elizabeth, as the Bible says, was well advanced in years. So when you think old man and well advanced in years, you're not thinking we're about to have a baby. You know they they you know had prayed for it all their lives and uh, they they hadn't had a baby. And uh, when the angel Gabriel gave uh, Zacharias that message, uh, the message was. Uh, well, how am I, how am I going to know what this happens? You know, I'm old. She's well advanced in years. You know, he's a smart man um, to say, well, you know, in a different way. Um, but it, Gabriel had to look at him and say, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of the Lord. And, and we know that with Zacharias, uh, the Lord made him mute until John was born. And uh, it's, it's when, when we see the doubt, and we see uh, what was happening here. Zechariah, sorry, uh, Gabriel's message to Zacharias was, do not be afraid, your prayer has been heard. Then an angel from heaven is visiting him, 
And he's, he obviously, it's okay to, to, you know, when you look at Mary, uh, Mary asked, you know, how, how am I going to be pregnant because I haven't known a man? There was a different uh, thing going on in her heart than what was going on in Zechariah's heart. So he gets corrected by Gabriel, and Gabriel says, hey, I told you the Lord heard you. And by the way, you're not going to talk a word until John's been born and you guys need to name him. But the message was that Elizabeth would bear a son, and that's John the Baptist. And uh, so we see what happens in this man's life. That the angel Gabriel, when he's talking to him, he says, do not be afraid. Your prayer has been heard. So when the Lord is, when we're reading the opening of, of Luke chapter 18, verse 1, and the Lord is, is talking to us about persisting in prayer. One example, Zechariah. So remember that in your mind. Uh, Luke chapter 2. So if you're progressing through Luke chapter 2, um, uh, verses 36 through 38, you can read of a, a uh, amazing woman uh, by the name of Anna, a, a prophetess at around uh, 84 years old. And she was a widow. And uh the, the scriptures. So tell me, this isn't an awesome spiritual resume uh, to have. Uh, you know, she didn't depart from the temple. She served God with fastings night and day. Her whole life was dedicated to the Lord. Uh, that's that's a uh, you know, if, if if only that could be said of us, we probably can't live inside these walls. But this woman, uh, not all of us, you know. Um, and I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not saying that anybody should be here and, and, and those things. We can be night and days constantly as we're working. Remember Nehemiah? Um, when, when Nehemiah, when um, King Artaxerxes is in front of Nehemiah and uh, he looks sad. You could be executed for that as a servant. He was the cupbearer for Artaxerxes, remember? And Artaxerxes is asking him, why are you sad? And, and Nehemiah was praying within himself. We can be in prayer all day long. And we can fast. We, we can fast to the Lord and, um, and and serve the Lord at all times. Look at these two. They just they're they're both well advanced in their years. They're both old. And and when uh, when they hear uh, their their uh, when Zacharias heard his um, a blessing that was coming towards him, you know he's old and and uh, the, it's the Lord saying to him through Gabriel that your prayer has been heard. And Anna. Uh, she sort of said, spends her whole life um, from whenever she was a widow, what uh, was widowed. Uh, she spent her whole time fasting and praying. And uh, what was her reward? She got to see the Messiah before she died. That's amazing. Like, I'm so blessed by that. These these two that serve the Lord with their whole hearts all their lives. First so, uh, Thessalonians 5, verses 16 and 17 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus for you. Forever wondering what the will of God is for our lives. It's rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. We can put that in our backpack and keep that with us all the time. What is the will of God for my life? I can't figure it, you know, some of us are trying to figure that out every day. Some of us have convinced ourselves that it's not what he's told us and confirmed it was, whatever it is. But we can all know as Christians, it's to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. Colossians 4.12 is the last verse I have for you for this. Uh, but it says, Epaphras, who, this is Paul writing to the, the church at Colossae, says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. That's an amazing compliment of this man's service to others. I'll read it again. Epaphras, who is one of you, 
a bondservant of Christ, greets you always laboring fervently for you in prayers. I don't know about you guys. The easiest thing to pray about is me, right? Isn't it? You know, what's going on in my life? I've got to go head first to the Lord in prayer about me. And uh, I love that it's that he says he's always laboring fervently for you. That's that's a lesson to us about our prayers that that we uh, need to to keep others very uh, very prominent in our, our our lives and in our prayer life, uh, being able to lift others up to the Lord and uh, and the Lord hears it. The Lord is is blessed by it. So um, and this prayer I just put on here spiritual uh, Paris. Spiritual work sometimes. We have to be diligent to persist in it. It takes work to persist in prayer. Uh, it, there's, a, there's a lot involved in disciplining our minds uh, to be in prayer. Uh, because we might want to watch TV. We might want to, oh, the radio, there's this, there's that, there's the phone. There's every other distraction in our life. You know, we need to make it a point of just shut the radio off when you're driving or, uh, you know, shut everything off at home, find your prayer closet, go hide in there and just be able to pray, read, do whatever you need to do. Maybe your kitchen table, whatever it is, so important for us and absolutely vital to our, not only to our lives, but any ministry we, we are in and, and uh, God has us uh, in and into our families and those around us. You know, as we align with the Lord, and, and we're in that proper vertical alignment than everything else horizontal. I know I've said that before. Sorry. So you guys know I, I repeat myself a lot, but that's how the Lord speaks to me. And, um, you know, it's uh, we are going to be a blessing to others as we're in, proper relation, in a proper relationship with our Father. So that's verse 1. So we've talked a, we've talked a, a good deal about it, but very very important for us to understand what he's what he's saying here. And then he goes into this parable. So uh, as we as we pick up verse two says saying so I'm, I got to back up a little bit that men always ought to uh, always ought to pray and not lose heart. Saying there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she uh, and she came to him, saying, "Get justice for me from my adversary." And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, "Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me." So there's a lot there, uh, even even in those those five verses, and uh, the Lord uses this example of a godless judge. This is a God. It says he doesn't fear God and 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 doesn't care about men. He just that's that's just who he is. I, I shared this this part with the with the kids up on Sunday school. So none of them are in here, but they could answer the questions or or whatever. But uh, I, I we talked about this on on Sunday. I had to fill in upstairs and. And I shared this with them. And uh, this is a man that doesn't fear God. And um, so he's hard to move. You know, he doesn't care about people. He doesn't care about God. Uh, he's self-absorbed. Uh, absorbed, And he needs to find some reason to be motivated. And uh, what motivated him was the consistent poking from this lady. And he knew that she wasn't going away. And, um, you know, that that's what it literally says that he says, he says, you know, but afterward he said within himself, though I do not fear uh, God nor man yet because this widow troubles me that she, she's not going away she's not going away and he says that by her continual coming she will weary me he's bugged by her and and she 
this widow is able to, to bug this godless man that doesn't care about anybody else but himself, and uh, she's able to move them. God is not like this judge. He's not like this judge. Thankfully, that is not the heart of the Lord. What the Lord is saying is that even a godless judge can be moved by pers some persistence. But what Jesus says here in verse 6, it says, Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, uh, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find, uh, will he really find faith on the earth? So God's not bugged when we go to him in prayer. You look throughout the scripture, we're commanded to pray. We're commanded to be on our knees, pouring our hearts out to him. He's not bugged by it at all. The Lord wants us to come to him. This is an example of somebody who's godless that can be prodded, bugged enough that they're going to move. But what Jesus is saying, on the other hand, you can just go to the Father. It says that he'll avenge him speedily, that, that the Lord is, is, is ready to help, help us and, uh, and, and, and on our side. And, you know, Jesus is teaching that, uh, that this man... Um, this man, he can be moved. He doesn't want to be. Um, but how much more, uh, you know, the Lord's moved by our prayers. If anybody, if any of us have ever been around uh, children, if we have children of our own and, you know, they, they come to us and they, in, a, in an honest, uh, you know, can you, can you help me with this? Or, you know, we're not going to look at him and scoff at him. You know, I, I need your help. I need this or that. And to scoff at them would mean, you know, remember when Jesus said, uh, you know, you know, who, uh, you know, it, we being evil, but we, you know, we can still provide for our kids. You know, when they ask for something, we're not going to throw a serpent at them or a scorpion, any of those things, you know, but even so much more, how much more the Lord loves us and cares for us more than we could love our children. I'm going to share uh, just a verse with you, Luke, uh, Luke 11, uh, verses 9 through 13. I'll just read it for you. Um, so it says, so I ask, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find knock and it will be open to you for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds but to him who knocks it will be opened if a son asks for bread from any father among you will he give him a stone if he asks for fish will he give him a serpent instead of fish or if he asks for an egg will he offer him a scorpion if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly father Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. You know the the Lord the Lord is so much better of a parent than we could ever be, uh, and uh, so much better of a neighbor than we could ever be. You know, yes, we're called to love our love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbors ourselves. You you do those two things, we're we're walking uh, pretty well here uh, on the um, earth here so uh, uh verses uh sorry romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 2 i'm gonna read i've, I've got a bunch of scripture that the lord is just kind of like pounding on me as i'm reading through these that i want to share to you it says therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ through whom also we have access by faith into his grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of god we have access to the throne of god through jesus christ that's a, it, the, I, I've seen it before. Um, uh, you know, I've seen, uh, somebody might maybe wearing a necklace and it's heartbreaking to know that somebody has got a cross necklace and their life is, is not reflecting what that cross symbolizes. 
and and, and to understand uh, the power of that cross. So, uh, you know, we, in talking with somebody, whether they, they've got a, a cross necklace or whatever, we're witnessing to somebody, it should be important for us to, under, to, to make sure that they understand that they have access to God through Jesus Christ. Because God is, is especially in this day and age, uh, nobody knows what to think. You know, anybody who's, who's not in a church and they're not in the scripture, or they haven't been raised as a Christian, they don't know what God is. I, I mean, we're, we're right now asking questions like, like, what is a woman? What is a man? I mean, and then when it, when it gets into, well, what is God? I mean, you're going to have a million and one, uh, you know, explanations for, you know, God, male, female, whatever. You know, uh, God could be a motorcycle to people. It could be this. It could be that. You know, and, and uh, it's, it's, it's horrifying, but to have the proper understanding of who God is and then be able to share, not only is he holy, uh, he loves us and he wanted us to have access to him. And there was no way for us to have that access. So you guys know the bridge illustration. You may be familiar with it. If you're not, you have the two cliffs. Uh, you got the two cliffs and you show God uh, on one side, a man on the other, and there's the gap between the two. Uh, somebody showed me this way over in uh, Washington about 20 years ago when we lived in Washington. And, and as we're sharing the gospel, I don't know why I'm pointing here, but um, I'm, I'm French. So, uh, I, uh, so we have God and man, and, and how, how, does, how is God, and we can share the separation that we have when we're in sin, and we're not walking with the Lord, we haven't accepted him, uh, and, then, and we're separated from God because of our sin, and we can draw a cross, uh, like a bridge that can walk, uh, that, can, that can be shown there. So we can, uh, using that very basic illustration, I was able to share that with um, um, a young man that I was uh, serving with over in, in Washington at the base there, and um, from Vietnam, and uh, Buddhist background, and I was able to just share, just in an illustration, I, I, you know, I, I'm an awful artist, but I can draw like two cliffs and a cross. You know, I, I was able to do that. And uh, I pray that the Lord used it. And, and it's a very easy way to share our faith. But to understand that when we're sharing that, that that cross, what was done on the cross gives us access to the throne room of God. And that we can have confidence in that access we have to God. First uh, Timothy 2.5, there's one God and one mediator between God and man. And that's the man Christ Jesus. So when, when we can explain, just if we've got a few pet verses and we're able to share that and we're able to, to, to present the gospel and share, uh, think of this also. You know, we're, we're uh, you know, Romans 5, 1, 2. Uh, here's another one, uh, Luke 23, verse 45. I like sharing this one. Um, now, this is as, uh, right after Jesus died. It says, now it's about the sixth hour and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. The sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was torn in two. That veil of the temple, uh, said to be 18 inches thick, uh, and it separated the holy place from the most holy place. One day a year on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, the, the high priest could go in and offer a sacrifice uh, for the sins of, of Israel for the year. When Jesus died, that veil was torn in two from top to bottom. Massive thing. Just, just torn in two, ripped in half. It's a statement from the Lord that there's no more separation of God and man. That what Jesus did on the cross gives us the access to the Father. So when we're praying, we have access right to... Now, I grew up Catholic, and there's a different saint, there's a different 
uh, there's a saying of this and a saying of that, and you can't really pray to God. And uh, you have to pray to these people, and maybe they'll pray for you, and they'll take, you know, like a prayer courier. They'll they'll take it to the. I, I don't know how that all worked. Um, uh, we didn't go to church much, but I I, I did have a, a Catholic influence in my life, and um, and uh, that's that's what I came out of it with was like, oh wow, I and and. You know, I, re I remember, and I'll just be honest, I, I remember praying, and I'm like, I'd be in the middle of prayer and say, oh, Lord, like I was talking, and you can laugh if you want, I was a little kid, and I, was, I wanted to talk to my grandfather. So I just said, oh, Lord, can uh, can you, like, put him on the phone, basically? And I, I was, when we don't understand what prayer is, and what access it, it, it gives us to literally the throne room of God. If you think of Revelation, when, when the bowls of incense were brought to the Lord, the incense were the prayers of the saints. Guys, our prayers go before the Lord. It's, it's, think about that. I mean, we have 7 billion people, roughly, plus minus, here on this earth, and God wants every single person here to know him. And when any person has accepted him and is, is praying to him, and he's hearing that prayer. It's amazing. And he doesn't get overwhelmed. Like like Bonnie can be praying and I can be praying at the same time. And God's not like me where both of my kids are talking to me at the same time. My wife knows one person talks to me at the same time. I'm still, you know, distracted by the squirrel over here, you know. But that's the Lord is so much better of a listener than we are. He, we have access to the throne room of God. So believe it and understand it in our hearts but be able to share, you know, that veil of the temple was torn, ripped in half. There's nothing else we need to do but just to go drop to our knees and ask the Lord uh, into our hearts. And, and as we pray as Christians, we're in the throne. We're, we're, we're presenting, we're, we're offering prayers to God directly. That's amazing, amazing to think of and that we can do that and that our, our Father loves us. Oh, he loves us so much. We can go right to the throne room, throne room of God. I love how the Lord says that that, that God's going to take care of whatever our you know He uses here the example of of avenging. Uh, just nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will we really find faith? You know, be, we need to be serious about our faith, Christians specifically. This world should see the Christians being sincere in our sincere in our faith. You know, there the, those the words and deeds have to match. So that the so that our our Christian example in the workplace, in school, wherever it is, everybody in here is graduated from high school. So <laughs> the workplace, right? Or or in our yard, or you know, talking to neighbors and stuff. Because if they see us partying, you know, Friday and Saturday night, that was me in college, and then Sunday morning I'm there, I'm brand new, you know, I, I just accepted the Lord, still learning a whole lot, and um, and uh, that was me. But you better not say something about. <laughs> But on Saturday, hey, pass me a beer. That's wrong. That's not the right way to do things. Absolutely not. We have access to the throne. And the Lord is telling us to persist in prayer. There's a reason for that. It's because the prayers mean something and the Lord's going to. He may, may not answer the prayers the way we want him to or when we want him to or how we want him to. But he is going. he does hear and he does answer our prayers. It might be. And a lot of us are praying it's not Zacharias and Anna that see the end result of that. But even if it is, I, I don't think that either of them have any regrets right now. I, I, I think that they were blessed by what they saw. Let's pick up uh, again and uh, let's continue on. Verse 9. 
And he also spoke this parable to some who trusted them in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Now we um, we understand that uh, from prior passages that we've studied, uh, the Lord was really aiming this toward the Pharisees, um, but it could be anybody. You know, there uh, it's it's very easy to look at ourselves as a moral person and go, oh, "I'm going to get to heaven because." And uh, and if you talk to, I don't I don't know how what the percentage would be, but there are a lot of people who say, "How do you get to heaven?" And, you know, I, Oliver would be a great guy to talk to because he loves evangelism and, and those things. And he's probably heard a million different uh, reasons and, uh, and those things. And uh, usually it's not by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. You know, uh, hopefully it is. And hopefully as we minister to this community, we hear that, an- that answer more and more. And that they're here or that it's at some other Bible-believing church that's going to teach them and, and, and bless them. Uh, but that their lives are restored and, and renewed and those things. But all too often, it's it's too bad that it's it's the um, it's our own righteousness that seems to be the answer. So that's the audience. We talked about it uh, last week or two weeks ago. Is as we're reading things, it's important to understand the audience. Jesus is speaking to people that trust in themselves uh, in their own righteousness for salvation. And, they, and notice, don't read over this part that it says, and despised others. They, they, and, and then he goes into, using a Pharisee as the example, verse 10 says, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I possess. Pharisee is approaching God's throne in arrogance and a false sense of eternal security. Uh, in, in how he does it, he's glorifying himself. He's boasting in his works. And notice in his boasting, he's pushing somebody else down. You know, when I boast, I've got to I've got to push everybody else down to make myself more important. You know, that's that's awful. You know, you guys are very familiar with this, uh, but I'm going to share it anyways. Um, Ephesians 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith and not of works. Uh, it is a gift of God. Verse 9, uh, not of works lest anyone should boast. There is nothing to boast. The only thing for us to boast in is in the the what is done, what Christ has done on the cross. That's the only boast we have as Christians is Jesus. That's it. That's, we, we, we boast in, in Christ. And uh, this man, unfortunately, is, is uh, approaching God uh, in pride. You know, that he's not like, like other men. You know, if, if we have that approach. Now, now, he's approaching like God. He's not just having a conversation with somebody. He's like going to the throne of God and, and saying, you know, I thank you that I'm not like everybody else. And yes, we don't want to be mentioned. We don't want to be considered one of these people. You know, you go to 1 Corinthians 6 and you see that list of people that won't inherit the kingdom of God. I don't want to be on that list. I love, and I I know I've shared this a bunch too. I love the fact that it says, but you were washed, but you were cleansed, you were changed. God is all about changing our lives. But when, when this man is going and saying, I thank you that I'm not an extortioner, unjust, adulterous, you know, or even like this guy standing next to me. I mean, it's just awful 
to, to, to understand and to read. It's hard to read and understand that. But um, I fast uh, twice a week and I give tithes of all I possess. So approaching uh, the throne room of God with arrogance and false sense of eternal security is not the way to do it. Uh, as we look here in uh, verse 13, it says, And a tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's a total opposite stance. This man stood afar off. He couldn't even raise his eyes to God in shame. And, and I, I shared this, this passage with the kids upstairs too. And I said, when you're in trouble, do you put your head down? When you're in trouble, you know, uh, and, and they're all, they, they got it. You know, we, we, you know, we had some fun with it. And I said, usually when we're in trouble, our head is down. We're looking at the floor. And, uh, and it, he can't even look up. And he's crying out from a broken heart. Um, I'm crying out for God's mercy. I'm, I'm just going to share a scripture with you. Uh, Psalm 51, verses 16 and 17. For you, do not, for you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. That's what the, the Lord wants is our true just pouring our hearts out to the Lord. That's what gets God's attention. He knows. He knows that Pharisee and he knows that tax collector and he knows the sins of both. I love God's response here. As, as uh, Jesus says right here, uh, verse uh, 14 says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. You guys are, are, are familiar, and, and I'll, I'll share it here, I think, later on in my verses, but I'm going to share it now because I, I've lost track of it where I am. Um, but First uh, John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is the way of forgiveness. That is the way that, that we can approach God and just say, God, I, you know that I'm a sinner. I come confessing that to you, and I lay it to, here to you, and I ask your forgiveness. And uh, we'll get into um, uh, 1 John uh, a little bit more uh, later. But uh, you know, as, as we're reading, we can have the encouragement that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus said that the man that poured his heart out with that contrite uh, spirit, that broken spirit, and the contrite heart, that was the one that was that went down justified. The word justified, made acceptable. Uh, that man was made acceptable because of the, the, the broken and contrite heart, faith, putting his faith and trust in God's mercy and grace to cover his sin. Uh, that's the, that's how we uh, experience uh, justification. That's how things change in our lives. It's how we get God's attention. Um, we, you know, the the Pharisee may have gotten his attention, but it's not the attention that he wants. <laughs> yeah, I don't want God's attention in that way. You know, I want the Lord to, to look on me in, in mercy and grace. Uh, we come to the Lord, and and, and this guy uh, is important for us to always come to the Lord, um, glorifying Him, and not like the Pharisee. I'll read. Uh, I, I told you guys I had a bunch of scriptures to share. Uh, Jeremiah nine verses twenty three and twenty four. Thus says the Lord, not the wise man, uh, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the faith. For in these I delight, 
says the Lord. They're, they're right there. It's, uh, when, when we look here and for our glory, it's just going to be in the riches of the Lord. Just saying, you don't know what the Lord's delivered me from. I was so blessed. Brian Garrity, that's uh, uh, led worship down here, and um, uh, he's going to be taking over the um, uh, Way of Escape uh, ministry. Um, he, uh, it, that, that man... Uh, posted something on Facebook today, and I was able to share it with a loved one of mine and say, you need to talk to this guy because I know that the, the loved one of mine is just still going through it. You know, mid-40s, just still, still going through it. Started at 13, 12, 13 years old, juvenile hall. Uh, yeah, 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 in jail, in and out of jail here and there, and drugs, just watching the destruction happen, all those things. I'm like, you need to talk to this guy. I've, I've told him several times he needs to talk, but I was blessed by, by Brian's post uh, today. He, he just posted on Facebook just um, uh, that, that he's just so blessed to be walking in the grace of God and, and no longer in that struggle of addiction and those things that Jesus Christ has saved him. Um, and he, what he's doing is he's glorying in the Lord. He's not saying that I did this and I did that and I climbed the mountain. When I got to this mountain, I looked at the other mountain across the way and I knew I climbed that one too and conquer that saying, no, the victory was in Christ. So sorry if I just took away any blessing he was going to get. I'm sure the Lord will still bless him. Um, but, uh, I, I was so blessed to see that. Um, another verse I have to share is, uh, first Corinthians, uh, verses, uh, chapter one verses, um, I put 29 through 31, but I have uh, 26 through here, so I'm going to read you a few verses. Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. Verse 28 says, And the base things of the world... And the things which are despised, God has chosen, and the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. Verse 29. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 29 says that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness and sanctification, and uh, redemption. That as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. So, so important that the only glory we ever have is just sharing God's glory and what he's done in our lives. Um, that the thing that I wanted to say, I, I finally found it as a, on the wrong page. And I just put, put to the Christian that our, um, our only boast be in the finished work of Christ on the cross. That's that's that is where our boast can be. Boast can be. Uh, that was why I was so blessed by Brian's thing. He's like saying all these things. He's like, but then I met Jesus. <laughs> you know, it's so awesome because that's that was the power behind it. You know, I, I I've heard so many times, and and I and I, don't get me wrong. Anybody who struggles um, mightily, and I I like I've told you, I, I lost my sister um, just a year ago uh, to addiction, and and. Um, it's heartbreaking, and I, I don't look down on anybody with that. But man, uh, if 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 all we have to offer them is what everybody else has to offer them, of hey, you need to knock that off. Yes, they do need to knock it off, but on their own power and strength, they're not going to be able to. You need Jesus Christ to change your heart, mind, and life. And that's that's uh, yeah. You can you can check yourself into a clinic and get clean. Hey, that's that's a a step in the right direction. 
of getting things uh, getting things squared away. But is are man's programs going to work? They might keep you sober. They might get you to a point of so a sobriety, but your sin still remains. There has to be the sobriety. There needs to be. I'm just using addiction as a as an example here, guys. This this isn't all just about addiction, but I, the freedom comes in Christ, and you are no longer that. I I, I saw a commercial. And it was like, I've been in recovery for twenty something years, and like you're either recovered or you're not. And not that I I want to discourage that person. I'd rather see them, um, uh, you know, back in that old lifestyle, but. Come to Christ, and and your recovery is instant, and it's over, and that person is gone. The old person is gone. Uh, you know, all things are new in Christ. Everything's gone. That's the freedom we want. You know, that when when we can, like this tax collector, just come and say, God, I, I don't even have to look up. You know, this guy couldn't even look up. You know, to be able to pray, oh, God, forgive me. He's just pounding his chest. His heart is broken. You know, and and as he's doing that. One went down justified. And it was a lesson to the Pharisees, as, as Jesus is speaking this parable. It's a lesson to the Pharisees that as you approach God, don't do it in the arrogance of, hey, I've got everything together, because we most definitely don't. It's that broken heart. It's that contrite spirit, just being able to just come to the Lord and say, I, I, I save me. You know? So, so guys, I, I know of. Um, I've had conversation with people and they're like, I don't, I don't, you know, if I'm, I, I don't know if I led them in prayer for them to give the life, their, their, their lives to God, um, and ask him to be their savior. Right. <laughs> you know, like, like did, did I cover this, this, and this? it's like, Jesus, please forgive me and make me new. It can be something that simple. It's not like God says, Oh, no, uh, you had two out of three check marks. You know, you had the contrary heart, your heart was broken, your spirit, you were just a mess in front of me, but I didn't hear those things. It's foolish, and it's sad. It's sad that, um, you know, that that, uh, that type of pharisaical uh, approach could happen, but the Lord is, is uh, he's so much bigger than that, that, that he just, he, he loves us, and, uh, you know, he is he has made the way for us to be able to come to his throne and that we can just pour our hearts out to him in the name of Jesus, and it's done. And then we get up and we move forward as a new creation in him and start walking forward. Uh, so we can share that, you know, we can uh, we can uh, share that with people and know that in our hearts. You know, um, the Lord knows who we are, and uh, and he loves us. We're, we're probably, yeah, we're definitely not going to finish this chapter, um, but we're, we're going to read a few more verses and, and, and continue on. Um, but I, just to finish this up, there, Jesus said that one went down that was uh, made acceptable. And it was it, what it, we're saying here and what we've looked here is it's all about God's grace and mercy. And uh, that this, this man poured his heart out to the Lord and the Lord heard it. Verse 15. Then they also brought infants to him that he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. So in 15, the disciples thought that Jesus was too busy. He's got more important stuff to do than to bless your children, 
please take them, get them out of the way. Um, and probably thought they were doing the right thing. Um, and, and the Lord rebukes him. He stops him. It's not the case. And, uh, you know, Jesus uh, used this opportunity to teach them another lesson. And um, Jesus doesn't want anyone kept away from being able to be brought into his presence, to be able to come to him, regardless of, of age, status, um, the background. Um, you know, somebody go, oh, that person, sin is way too much. Way, you know, remember, I, I, I was not... I had I had accepted the concept of who God was, and, and I had just started going to church. hadn't surrendered. I you know I prayed the a sinner's prayer uh, to the Lord, but I wasn't surrendered to the Lord as a teenager. But I'd occasionally go to church, and remember I was sharing with my sister and her then boyfriend, and um, and they just knew that I I. I understood some stuff about God, like uh, in comparison to somebody who's, you know, walking with the Lord and everything. I mean, I was a total, still a total heathen punk mess, uh, you know, at, at 17, 18 years old. I mean, absolutely. Um, but you know, they had a different impression of me, I guess. And, uh, I remember, uh, the, the boyfriend asking me who was a known drug dealer asking me, um, and forgive me if I've already shared this, you know, Hey, maybe we can come to church with you sometime. And I was too scared. I was too scared. I'm like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I was too scared because I didn't, I wasn't walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. I was still, I hadn't surrendered my life to Christ. I, I wanted the Savior, but I didn't want the Lord. Does that make sense? That's where I was. You know, I, I wanted to be saved because I didn't want to go to hell, but I didn't want to do anything God told me to do because my flesh still ruled and reigned in my life. If that explains where I was, that's exactly where I was. And uh, I never asked him. He's dead. He's dead. And, I, you know, I, uh, I it, it was hard, you know, and, and I, I've kicked myself so many times just like I didn't, I, I didn't, and I should have, I didn't, I should have. When, when Guys, when we are lobbed a softball, especially as a Wednesday night crowd, I, I know each and every one of you, um, serious about your walk with the Lord and everything. And uh, we have that softball tossed to us. Be bold and share God's love. Share God's love. Be bold. Don't be, uh, you know what? Yeah. Hey, I'll pray for you. Like, pray for them right then. You know, wreck their world right there. <laughs> like, what? We're going to pray, you know? And I'm not, I, I, I don't, I'm not advocating making, I have been in public prayer uh, uh, once that I was not happy about because of the way it was done. And it, it was done in a, uh, a way of arrogance um, and uh, could have destroyed a ministry uh, of a pastor. Because they wanted to, they wanted it to be heard that they were praying. Yelled, they yelled in, in a uh, um, in a uh, uh, crowded restaurant. You know, just and everybody, everybody's having conversation. Stops, and they can hear us praying. And all that does is make us look bad. You know, and I was not happy. I just ate the rest of my breakfast and shut up. You know, I, I wasn't happy by the way that was done. Um, that's between him and the Lord, but that, that was my interpretation of it was, yeah, you know what? We can, we can make a statement. Uh, and I've shared that with you guys before. Uh, just if you make it a, 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 um, a practice where you, you've prayed in public, you know, my family and I pray wherever we are, uh, you know, whether we're a restaurant, whatever, and we pray before our meal, we've had people come say thanks or, you know, they've been, the restaurant knows that we're Christians and it opens up conversations. Guys, I'm not doing this to try to lift us up. What I'm saying is, is when the Lord opens opportunity for us to share, just share, just do it. You know, who cares? 
you know, who cares if we kind of get, oh, those guys are weird. Yep. Yep. You know, I've told my kids, like, guys, this this world, don't waste all your time and energy trying to look cool, fit in and all this stuff. Um, you know, just, you know, if, if you're going to make a stand, uh, just make your stand. And, you know, if, if you've got to drag somebody in, you're like, keep dragging them in. And, okay, they probably weren't supposed to be in your life. Anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of de departing, and I don't mean to. I'm, I apologize. But what, what's happening here is, is the Lord is using this as, as a way for them to understand that everybody can come to Jesus. Anybody that's ready for a Savior, that wants to come, they can, they can come to him. And, uh, and so he, he just says, no, you know, uh, let, let, them, let the little children come to me. Uh, do not forbid them, uh, for such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. It's important for us to understand that God, that Jesus blessed the children; He did not baptize the children. Okay, like I said, I grew up, I grew up Catholic. Uh, I was baptized as a Catholic uh, into Catholicism as a kid. I had no idea what was happening. I, I don't even. I probably cried. I don't know. Uh, there was actually some story that the priests like lifted me up and walked through the church. My mom shared it, and they always cry when they're sharing it. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. You know what I mean? I okay, you know, but I didn't know what it meant, and I went off and I lived the sinful life I wanted to live. You know, it, it didn't. You know, uh, the Lord, you know, calls to us. The Lord seeks us, and uh, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't somebody sprinkling water on my head that saved me, you know. Uh, so it wasn't a call for infant baptism. And if you look at every time salvation is recorded in the scripture, uh, it's by someone that's old enough to comprehend. And uh, these, I just wrote down these four things. Their condition as a sinner, their need for a savior, need to make decision to repent, uh, and then be baptized as a public profession of the faith uh, that they've embraced and, and rebirthed. You know, that's, 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 you know, if you're if you're looking at salvation and you're looking at baptism, that's the proper that's that's how it goes. You know, Jesus didn't baptize those children; he blessed them, and uh, that was a Spurgeon note that I read somewhere. You know, he didn't baptize people; he uh, he didn't baptize the children; he blessed them. Um, but you know, anytime you look at salvation recorded in the Scripture, it's from somebody coming to repentance. They know they're a sinner; they need to be saved. That Jesus is the way for that salvation. And they pray, and then as an outward act of the inward change, they go get baptized. That's that's salvation and baptism, and that's how we practice. Uh, uh, you know, when we have our baptism uh, ceremony, ceremony, baptisms here. Uh, that's it's a public profession of faith amongst you know everybody here at the church. So um, and so he he wasn't now. Um, when it says here, uh, that surely I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child uh, will by no means enter it. So if you didn't accept Christ as a baby, you're, you're, that can be the mystery. Right. If we don't understand the scripture when taken out of context, somebody's going to look at this and go, uh, I'm 42. You know, what do, what do I do now? You know, no, it's that humble, that humility, that believing heart to cry out to God, that you believe in God and you cry out to God. Um, don't even, I was going to go in a whole different direction. I won't do it. I'm going to behave myself. Um, but that's, that's what he's talking about here is the humility. And if you go all the way back to verse 14, it says, um, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. It's the humility of heart that God, that God wants and desires. 
A few more verses, and then uh, we'll wrap this up. So come to him with a believing and humble heart. And uh, uh, Jesus loves children. He wants uh, them to learn about him. Uh, Proverbs 22, 6 is train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. I've always been blessed by this. Deuteronomy 11, um, uh, verse, I, my verses are all messed up here. Um, uh, Deuteronomy 11, verse 18 says, Therefore, uh, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand and you shall and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes you shall teach them uh, to your children speaking to them when you sit down in your house when you walk by the way when you lie down when you rise up and <clears throat> you shall write them on the doorposts of your houses and on your gates uh, that, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them like the days of the heavens above the earth. I, I love that there when it, when, it, when it says that you should teach them to your children, speaking to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. That can be in a small Bible study at home. It can be when you take your kid out fishing. And when I say your kid, it could be a kid that's right here in the hallway. You know, uh, that's that's here. And you go, hey, you know, uh, remember this? Or whatever. You see something, you know, it can be just a normal conversation as you're fishing. Hey, you know, uh, what, you know, crazy to think that, you know, Peter and his buddies fished all night and didn't catch anything. I know we've been here for an hour. We're frustrated. And then Jesus tells them to throw the net on the other side. And, you know, they're filling up two boats and everything's sinking. And, you know, they're all happy. You know, that, that's, that's what he's talking about is when – as we go through our day and, and what we're doing, just sharing the Lord with our children, training them up so that when they get old enough and they are, are they are the church. It's not like they're the future. They're like they are the church, even as children. So it's not like, hey, someday you're going to be the church. They are the church. They they very much are in that room and they're upstairs and uh, they they are the church. And it's our responsibility as uh, you know, older older individuals to share that with them. So uh, salvation on God's terms, not man's. You know, we can't go to him on our own righteousness, um, uh, any of those things. And uh, God's blessed in in our believing hearts when we pour them out to him. And uh, so that's where we're going to take a – we're going to stop. We'll pick up in, in verse 18 next week because uh, there's a whole lot more to go. I'm only on – I went through four pages of notes I still have six more here, so uh, that'll uh, probably get me through. Uh, I, I'm imagining Will won't be here Sunday, so I'll, we'll, we'll pick up on Sunday with that. So um, let's pray. Father, we, we are blessed uh, by your word and, and how you just teach us and you minister to our hearts. Lord, when we can read something like the parable of a persistent widow and parable of a Pharisee and, and a tax collector, we learn more about your heart and we learn more about ourselves. We pray, God, that we would persist in prayer. Lord, that we would, uh, we would have active prayer lives. And, Lord, that, uh, that there would be nothing that would, keeping us, uh, that would keep us from uh, you know, approaching your throne and being able to lift our, uh, our prayers to you and knowing that you love us and you hear us and are answering them. Lord, help us to, to not have uh, the heart of a Pharisee, Lord, but, uh, you know, when... Uh, after we poured out our hearts and cried out to you, Lord, to know that we're saved, Lord, but uh, and to be able to share that uh, with the lost and broken around us, that even somebody here, as you shared, that couldn't even look up, you know, we may we may hear loved ones or whatever say, "I couldn't go to church; the the doors would catch on fire if I walk in, or the building would collapse." Lord, that's a lie from their enemy. 
immediately in their head. They've been taken by, by captive by him to do his will. Oh, Lord, that you would break down those barriers and we would just share the freedom and the grace. We thank you, Lord, for this time in your word, and we just pray, Lord, that you'd help us to chew on it uh, tonight and throughout the rest of the week, and, and we pray that you would protect us and be with us and uh, get us back here together again safely next time. And again, we pray for Will and Jasmine, that you'd minister to their, their bodies and uh, as only you can, the great physician. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.